What's up everyone? This is your host Bobby Mason and I'm here to help you. You've heard us talk about mastering the start over and over and over again in our podcast and we believe that is the most important thing in the world but just as important is mastering the start through real world experiences. You've heard the sponsor GoMahi.com. Now it's time for us to give a little plug for GoMahi.com. For all of you that are interested in mastering the start of business, you need to have the ability to learn through real world experiences. So that's why we created GoMahi.com. GoMahi.com is a platform that allows students to share their marketing insights, win cash, gain real world experience, and land the job of your dreams. Huh? That sounds pretty awesome. And yes, it may sound like a plug, but we would not plug anything that we don't believe would provide you a ton of value. So that's really it, guys. Check out GoMahi.com at GoMahi.com, www.GoMahi.com. Once again, if you guys want to learn through real-world experiences, GoMahi.com is the place to go. Check it out for some awesome challenges that you can solve for real-world companies today to win thousands of dollars. It's pretty awesome. GoMahi.com. We'll see you soon. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Master the Start, a podcast for young professionals where we interview business experts on how you can master the start of your life in business. Hello, and welcome to Master the Start podcast, hosted by Bobby Mason. This week, Mike Zeller joins us on a true hero's journey, featuring limitations, decisive actions, powerful mentors, and service to others. Zeller, a high-level business architect and mastermind mentor, will guide us on this week's journey, a journey that leads to winning at work and winning at life. So sit back and enjoy episode 39 of Master the Start with this week's guest, Mike Zeller. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So where are you right now? Uh, I'm in Barcelona, one of our things uh for our life is to live in one world's 50 most beautiful cities every year for at least a month um consecutively because it shifts your life and your work patterns and you get to go and explore the world cre- keeps it you know creative and fun and adventurous so i can yeah. respect that yeah i thanks, mean dude. my wife and i will be doing that in october we try to do that as well yeah so. where you guys going? um carmel we we love it down in Carmel, Pebble Beach area. Yeah, great. Yeah. Awesome. How long are you guys going? Uh, we'll be there a month and a half, I think. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Try to figure out. You, I agree with what you're saying. I think, and I try to give other people this advice, I suppose, but you're the one that actually gives good advice. I can see by your resume. I'm only a <laughs> youngster, have no idea what I'm talking about, but I always tell people, I'm like, honestly, once you do it, you start to realize how you can structure your business in a way that you can leave. And the the first 10 years of my life running businesses, I never felt like I could leave because I was like, nope, like they can't handle it without me. I'm not willing to let go. It's my baby. But once you do it, it's very rewarding. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's, It's one of the best things you can do for sure. So I'm with you on that. And now, and you're what? Early 20s, 24? 25, 25, yeah. Yeah, yeah. awesome. What, how old are you? 22? Uh, 
I wish. Uh, I, I do take anti-wrinkle cream, and that does help. But uh, <laughs> I just turned 40 this year, so last month. If I could so, look um, that good at 40. Man, I'd be living <laughs> a good life. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Yeah, it's, it's fun. So, yeah. Now, in the, what about your wife? What's what's your wife do, Bobby? Is she an entrepreneur, too? Or? Uh, no, no. She kind of just does what she wants at this moment in life. <laughs> Um, <laughs> she she travels a little. She hangs mm-hmm. out a little. She works on some mm-hmm. of our projects. Um, she really loves designing. So we're also in real estate, and I think you're in real estate too, right? Uh, I uh, you know I invest in real estate, sold real estate. You know, still have a couple properties as well, including a really nice commercial property. Um, but you know that's that's been my background. But I've since moved into other other things that would challenge me a little more intellectually as well so fair enough yeah fair enough i i get what you're saying so i it's, yeah it's a great investment and in, in like 100 percent i would i still will continue to invest in real estate so you know but it's uh it's fun to build businesses and figure out this game too well so. i mean especially when you're doing it to the level that you're doing it at well thanks yeah yeah <laughs> It does get more fun as as uh, as you get in more interesting, challenging, rewarding projects. Yeah. So, well, yeah. we might as well hop in because this is exact conversations we're gonna have, and that's how casual it is. Because I just like learning about people, and I guess background wise, like this is our ninth company launch. Um, but one of the things that we really had a problem with is. Number one, the educational system right now. And you probably know the education system is a little rocky. I mean, if you're doing masterminds and you're teaching the way that you're teaching, you have an understanding of that. We're like, you know, in Minnesota, we have a culture that isn't, and maybe this is most of the world and I'd, I'd say it is, but we have that culture where, where you don't learn through real world experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And like everything within our company is giving people that opportunity to solve challenges for companies, get that real world experience and get hired or like, gosh, dang, like if we're going to, if that's going to be our mission, like why aren't we doing what everyone else is doing and actually talking to people like you, you know? And it just, it doesn't make any sense. Like we need to have people like you on the show and you can teach a lot, a lot of stuff in a matter of an hour. And I know you do it to a lot of other people. So yeah. Just another outlet. <laughs> exactly. I love it, man. It's it's yeah, I'm launching my podcast later this summer as well. And 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 it's it I'm finally shifting it for a while. My first like fifteen years of business, I was like so focused on building businesses. But now I'm like really I felt like, you know, I wrote down on my um uh, positive affirmations board ten years ago that I would mentor and lead some of the brightest and best people in the world. And I didn't know when it was going to come about, although I had the sense that it would be around the year as I got closer to 40, it would come to pass. And then um, but I knew that was the deepest part of my calling. But I felt like ah, I had to build businesses to and sell them for like one hundred million dollars or something like that. Those were my limiting beliefs. But really, this is my deepest calling is coaching and mentoring other entrepreneurs and creators and those that are bold and crazy enough to actually do it, you know, step yeah. out and be a wild ass yeah brave and foolish entrepreneur you know (laughs) And and i hope you don't mind maybe we'll just say that we've already started the podcast because based on some of the things you've already said 
I think they're little baby gems that people can learn from because, I mean, you understand for sure. And it's now it's not even one of the questions I have down here. But, you know, do you think that's true? Did you have to start all those businesses before you started mentoring? Because I definitely feel like I need to make some things go before I could really mentor anybody in a way that's, I don't know, yeah, responsible Mm -hmm. almost. Yeah, I mean, I I needed to have some some stripes under my belt, but my I, I think sometimes we also put disclaimers or limitations that are unnecessary. Like I felt like, man, I had to sell you know this business for fifty million or do something like that before I could actually really have a true platform to mentor and lead. But really, it's as one of my other buddies who's had like thirty plus businesses, and I'm we're partners now and. I'm mentoring him through some different things. Um, he's like, Mike, your greatest gift, what people want from you the most is the coaching and the mentoring. And it and, and in the journey, it's like sometimes, you know, we we resist what we are most called to. And I've had to embrace and and let go of uh this myth that I had to had to had a successful exit of a hundred million dollars or thereabouts, you know, and, and just embrace. I, I still think I will, you know, I'm, I think I'll have a billion dollar company someday, but, uh, you know, I can embrace this journey of, of, man, I get to mentor some of the smartest people in the world right now. And that feels really great. And I get paid well for it and I make a big impact. That's so, awesome. So before we get in depth on some of this stuff, little background on you. I, I know you sent me a a pretty crazy sheet about what you've done to this point. And I just think it's it's valuable for the audience to understand who's talking, what validity you have. And- mm-hmm. Yeah, so a little background. I've started 12 or 13 different companies. I still have 10 equity in like 10 or so companies right now. Um, you know, I've, I've failed a lot. You know, I had one year that I had three companies lose six figures <laughs> in, in the same year. So I've also had failure. Uh, I've had great successes. Um, you know, I love um, I love creating, and I'd say my my zone of genius is I'm I'm a business architect who helps people win at business and win at life. Um, I've spent fourteen hundred and forty seven hours with Tony Robbins, uh, just studying and learning from him. Plus, you know, countless other people. You know, I've read over a thousand books now at this this stage of my journey. Working on my first book this summer. Uh, as well, and uh, up here in Barcelona for for the summer, which has been amazing with my wife, and uh, we got married in Florence, Italy last year um, with a bunch of friends uh, around, and you know, um, let's see what else. Um, man, I, I love creating beauty in the world. I think that's in in helping people step into their groove as well. Some of the smartest and best people in the world step into their groove. So. Sweet. So you have run businesses that have done a, in total, you've done like a hundred million dollars in sales, right? It's actually closer to like 300, but that's where I need to update it. Uh, That one sheet is a couple years old, but um, yeah, you know, I've in real estate, automotive, fashion, digital marketing. um, What else? You know, I even had a vending machine business, a healthy vending machine business at one point. Uh, so I've, I've had a bunch of different things and, uh, you know, we got another company that we've raised almost $5 million as an investor backed startup. Um, 
so that's pretty fun that I get to see that participate in that journey and see that company grow. That's, that's still going of course. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a crazy, crazy journey and I got a lot, a lot more life ahead of me. So. <laughs> that's for sure. So we focus on kind of the mastering of the start of someone's business career, right? Mm-hmm. Were you always an entrepreneur since day one? Like what were you like as a child and where did you start in your whole business journey? Yeah, great question. So I didn't necessarily see myself as being an entrepreneur right from the beginning. Um, I saw, I, I thought I would climb the corporate ladder is where I was heading down like that pathway. Um, you know, I, but as time went on, I really started realizing man, I, I needed to have that self-directed life. And it was really in real estate. Um, that I found, found out that, man, when I, uh, when I shifted from being a mortgage loan officer and just investing in real estate to selling real estate where I could lead my own life, that was the first year I busted through six figures. Um, that was the first year that I just found a lot of freedom and was so, so energized with everything that I did. And, um, but it, it didn't come easy. And then I started about three years in, I really realized that I was, meant to create businesses that make the world a better place. That had to be a good feeling. Yeah, it was. (laughs) So you've been mentored by the best of the best. I mean, like you just said, 1400 hours with Tony Robbins isn't a small amount. So I'm sure you have a, I I really, I just want to explore some of your concepts really, because I think that's probably the value add for people. Um, the first one I kind of wanted to jump into is five personality tests. I know you recommend personality tests. Which ones do you recommend? Why are they important? And why should people entering the business world really understand their personality? What's that value add for them? So there's an old proverb in the book of Proverbs that says it's better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Well, fundamentally, um, we are called to step into our zone of genius and our zone of genius is a place where we add disproportionate amounts of value to someone else um this the zone of genius is where you add so much value like it's like your ten thousand dollar an hour activity and yet the problem is most of us don't have any clarity on it and then we also have this what i like to call middle class mindset of you know middle class mindset is if i can do it myself and I should do it. I should save money instead of hiring someone else to do it. Versus, like, who are like one of the more, one of the world's wealthiest people groups is is the Jews, right? Like we think of in Hollywood and New York and these other places. Well, deep within their culture, they have this thing around craftsmanship and areas of specialty and honing in on their own areas of genius and their own giftedness. And then outsourcing the rest, like let someone else, hey, you know, Joseph is a phenomenal leather maker. Uh, You know, Thomas is the great butcher and boom, boom, you know, you have areas of specialty versus American middle class. We are like, man, hey, if I'm going to paint my own room, I'm going to put in the hardwood floors, I'm going to mow my own grass, you know, instead of leveraging, man, I can generate a thousand dollars an hour doing this. Or I can generate 10000 an hour doing this. And when you know you're, like, I take those five personality tests because it helps unpack 
like different pieces of the puzzle. It's like you've got a puzzle piece that shows who you are. But you can only see like five out of 40 pieces sometimes. And most of us are not self-aware to see those other dimensions. And those, those puzzle pieces, when you step into your zone of genius, man, you're really fulfilled. It comes easy to you. And it's something that just adds incredible value that people need and want. And when you find that, man, it's, it's like you step into this flow and you can literally release. And, and then profit tends to go up. Like I'm, I'm going to have my most profitable year ever uh, this year as I'm stepping more and more into my zone of genius. And three years from now, I can't imagine where I'm going to be um, because I'm stepping deeper and deeper into it. And if you asked me three years ago, would I be making what I'm going to make this year? No, I, I wouldn't have necessarily believed it. I didn't know how. What specifically are those five personality I, tests that you use? Yeah, so the five tests, one of my favorites is the wealth dynamics test. It shares, it's the only test that shows your natural pathway for building wealth. Like, hey, you're meant to be a, a creator, like, and here's who you need alongside, or you're meant to be a lord, or you're meant to be a star, or you're meant to be an accumulator. It shows your natural pathway. Thinking, you know, building wealth is like, think of it as, uh, you know, you've got a field of butterflies. And every time you catch a butterfly, that represents another $1,000. Well, I could go chase those butterflies every day. Or I could build the garden that the butterflies naturally come to. When I build the garden, that's the metaphor is like me stepping into my natural pathway. So I love the wealth dynamics test. Um, then you've got disc profile, uh, which you can get for free on Tony Robbins' site. Myers Briggs is phenomenal. Um, Strings Finder is terrific as well. And then Colby Index is less common, but it shows a lot of different behavioral dynamics that, like, I'm phenomenal at starting stuff. I'm not as phenomenal at doing all the research and all the lot. I'm bored by the time something's 80% done. I want to move on. And someone else is really good at finishing stuff, but sucks at starting stuff. So now I start building a team that complements my weaknesses as well, or partners that complement my weaknesses. There's a lingo that goes around and when you start talking about masterminds or people are trying to encourage individuals to do certain things, this hero's journey. And I know you I, do a hero's journey with your clients. What is a hero's journey? And can people do a hero's journey on their own? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, in order to go through a hero's journey, you do need obstacles and you need resistance and you need uh, challenges, right? But the hero's journey comes from this uh, this guy, um, Joseph Campbell, uh, who wrote Man of a Thousand Faces, I think is it was the book. Um, but it's really this character arc. And you see it common in like Star Wars and in these other movies. You know, um, uh, Avatar or or Lord of the Rings, and it's this journey of like where you got the hero, like in Lord of the Rings, you got Frodo, and then Frodo wants to accomplish something. He and he has this problem, and it's usually an internal problem and an external problem. He has internal doubt about whether or not he can overcome 
you know, the evil forces. And he has extra own problem. Like these guys are trying to hunt him down and kill him. Then he meets Gandalf, the guide. The guide is the mentor. The mentor does three great things. Um, and this is true for like masterminding. Like I realized like, man, I'm a really phenomenal mentor in many regards, according to other people, not necessarily according to myself. I don't, I always see so much room to grow, but because a great mentor connects with empathy, establishes authority, and then imparts belief. So it does those three, a great mentor does those three things. So that's why sometimes mastermind leaders or coaches or speakers, they're not great at all three of those things. They might be great at facilitating. You know, like Tony Robbins, I went through his program. He is freaking phenomenal because he really instills belief in people and connects with empathy and establishes authority. You know, I, I seek to follow that model. But after you meet the mentor, the mentor provides a plan. This is the three to five step plan for you to get from A to B. Then he paints a picture of success and a picture of failure. The heaven if you do, the hell if you don't. The last piece is the identity transformation. And that's where, you know, they go in the Christian tradition. It's like, I was lost, now I'm found. Um, you know, I was, you look at uh, a lot of these stories. It's like, uh, Brandon Burchard's, I almost died. And now I get to, I survived. And now I get to mentor and coach uh, and write great books and all these things. Like, I get to teach um, and impact people, right? So it's really, really powerful for messaging and storytelling. And you can, you can do it on your own in the sense of creating your own narrative um, to help inspire others. Um, but you, you, you typically, it helps to have other people helping you along the way, for sure. Cool. And before we actually get into a few other topics, it's just a thought that came in my head because I've always wanted to ask someone that, is a business guru or is doing something in your field and maybe you don't want to say anything here but i'm curious what do you think of people like ty lopez or like grant cordone that are just flooding all of us with all these different messages or all these advertisements and i guess do you see someone like that is that someone that all of us should trust and if so, or if not, what makes what you're doing different? And then we can jump into what masterminds are. Yeah, great question. So, you know, Ty Lopez, I've, I've actually met both of those guys. Um, and I have friends that are friends with both of them or, or partners with both of them. Um, you know, they, one, if you don't resonate with the mentor's message, like I think we find people that we connect with, we resonate with, we feel an affinity to. You know, you go to a Grant Cardone event, it's 10x growth gone, and it's all about, you know, sell, sell, sell. You know, he's like, it's just this hotbed of salespeople. It's really not a business conference as much as it's a sellathon. And now, if you're, if you like live and breathe on sales, you're going to love it. Like, it's just, it's just a bunch of macho type feeling of, you know, deal closers, ABCs, always be closing, you know, type deal. That's not necessarily my energy. I'm more thoughtful in the sense of, like, I, you got to master the game of sales, but I want to be more of a soulful kind of master the spiritual game of entrepreneurship. 
Ty is, you know, the Lamborghini, the girls, all that. He that's clickbait to draw people in, and he's he's got some walls up. He's not as authentic as he probably could be. Um, but uh, you know, I don't think necessarily those guys or the Gary V is another one. If you look at Gary V, man, that dude looks like he he looks like a Skeletor. He's he's got about five years left on Earth type deal because he's running himself ragged. And I've read three of his books. I've met him in person as well. He's a good dude in a lot of regards. But man, his life patterns are going to destroy him. You can actually, I know people that are that one of my previous clients was uh, is helping rebuild his health in some regards. And uh, man, he if you look. Look at the fruit of people's life, especially in the closer, more intimate levels. And and is that the fruit you want to model? You know, and and if I look at Tony, yep, Tony checks the box. But I, I'll borrow stuff from Grant. You know, I got the belief structure from Grant. Ty's strategic. You know, I'm featured on one of his companies, Mentor Box, um, teaching masterminds and sales funnels. So I really do. You know, I see good stuff from everyone. I find the good in everyone and borrow borrow what I can. But uh, I'm I'm not going to be a Tony's the closest that I would say to subscribing to almost everything. You know? Yeah. What do you think really defines or how do you guys portray your message? And what I mean by that is like you know, I'll hear people bring up Ty or someone like that, and you hear or pretty much if you look online, you see like scam or not a scam or Mm -hmm. you see other guys that it's like scam or not a scam and then you have someone like tony or you and there's there's no scam or not a scam it's just genuine this is what it is so what has allowed you to coach people or essentially create these masterminds in a way that people aren't wondering if it's a scam dude i i think it's just the energy like um I think what I get from my mastermind members oftentimes, and even when I'm around, like I have friends that are a little closer to Ty in the sense of their energy. And then if I get shouted out on their Instagram page or something, then they're like, Mike, don't be like that. Don't become like that guy. You know, (laughs) they're like, one of the things I love about you is you're just so real and authentic and just like uh, humble or whatever. I don't know. I mean, they just go into, they can, uh, for me or for Tony, it, it's like, now, I, I think just for clarity's sake, I think Tony's way up here and then everyone else is down here. So I don't, I don't want to lump myself in the same category as Tony, but just, I, I'm not trying to scam people in. I'm just trying to love on and believe in and, and unleash people's greatness. If I look at my calling, that's it. I'm not, uh, I'm not in your face on the sales side. I don't want to be in your face. Um, it's a subtle, a subtle, softer approach to sales. But if, if you're right, then let's, let's rock, let's step up, you know, yeah. and go. But, and this, um, this is a slight left turn, but yeah. I was just thinking about, you know, if you've run companies that have done, well now $300 million in sales, I'm sure you've had to hire plenty. And mm-hmm. I saw, okay. I didn't have the opportunity to listen to it yet, but I saw on a podcast that you were on, you brought up the questions you ask when hiring someone. 
Mm. And this is someone I, I, this is something I need to know, not only for me as an entrepreneur, because I hire people, but I think it's really important for people that are trying to master the start of business. What kind of questions could they potentially be asked? And on top of you telling those questions or explaining those questions, could you explain how someone could actually get good at answering those questions or what do they need to do to be a good hire? So great question on that. Um, I think it, it, it depends on what your, what role you're playing, but it fundamentally, you know, when you're looking at who it is that you want on the bus, right? The, the, you want someone with great, great character, um, great raw skill sets. You know, they don't need to have polished skill sets for a lot of roles, but they need to have ability and ability and skill set are, are different. For example, I know if someone is like really good engineering wise, if they're an engineer, they're, they could actually master Facebook ads because that's an engineering mindset um, because they're systems, they're, you know, those type things. Um, and then, so making sure, being honest with who you are, this comes down to your zone of genius, knowing what you really are freaking amazing at. I ask people, hey, what do you suck at? What are you amazing at? And then I'm thinking through how do I design this role around their zone of genius so they're playing in position, not out of position. My responsibility as a leader is I'm looking at my team, my organizations. How do I get people in the right position and then unblock them or unstock them and create momentum and confidence and, and this entrepreneurial energy to take risks, to innovate? Um, because a lot of, and a lot of companies don't think that way, but I want to find out, Hey, where are you a, a bad asset? Where are you a weak asset? Where have you failed? Be real about where you failed because people can fill that out. Um, and then be real about where you want to go. Like, um, but when you're being asked those questions, you say, you know, a year from now, I want to be in my own business. Then you're like, Dude, you just want to work for me so you can learn business skills so you can bounce on. Don't don't be an idiot. Like I, I I'm gonna pick up on that and I'm gonna I'm actually asking, you know, curveball questions to try and unearth that because you know my best people have been with me three or four years, and I want them to be with me for life almost, you know. And pretty much my whole team has been with me three or more years except for one person, so. And I feel great about that. I know we kind of already touched on this at the beginning, but your ability to not only work hard and run these companies, you also have this unique ability, which I wonder if someone like a Gary Vee or individuals like this actually have, you have the ability to play hard. So mm -hmm. why is it so important to play hard. And I think everyone that jumps into business, they think it needs to be work, 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 no break. And if I do take a break, I'm screwed and I'll never get to the top. So why is it important to relax a little too? Yeah, good question. Great question, Bobby. Um, so if you think about it, we are human beings, not machines. And, and we gotta respect who you are. You gotta respect the wiring. So, and I, I started out, I learned the hard way. You know, my first three years in real estate, man, I went almost, almost three years without taking a full one day off, like at least on a consistent basis. I did not take a vacation. 
Um, and man, by the end of the third year, I was angry. I was pissed off. Even though I made more money than ever, I was angry. I was pissed off. Like my buddies were like, Mike, dude, you, you're kind of angry sometimes. What's wrong? And like you were always joyful and generous and fun. And now, now you've kind of become angry sometimes because I was acting in violation of who I am and who, who you are as a human being, right? There's some fundamentals of human being a human being. And so I look at the spiritual dimensions of why did, why were the Hebrew people commanded to take a Sabbath? Because they were not slaves. In American culture, we get caught up in slavery to our work. It's not a real vacation. If you go on vacation and check email once, uh, once a day for an hour, or you're messaging all your Instagram people or whatever, that's not a vacation. You know. Now, if you're just having fun on Instagram or social media, that's, that's fine. But even that sucks you in. But fundamentally, you look, you got to respect the, the, the ability or the truth that you are a human being. And like uh, polar bears, I don't know if you know this story, but polar bears, if they are on display in a zoo seven days a week, you know what happens to them? Nope. Their coat starts turning yellow. So like their paws are all yellow at the bottom because they're stressed. They're, they don't have any rest and renewal. But when you have structured patterns of rest and renewal, then you can lock back in and kick butt in your business or your life in whatever way. And, it's, and, and your energy is up. Like I had one of my uh, mastermind members. She's on pace. She'll make more money than she ever has this year. And she's dropped from working like 40, 50 hours a week to 25 hours a week. And she's more present with her family, more present with her kids. And she's enjoying life at a way she, she never has before. Because uh, we taught the energy rhythms of you got four energy quadrants. Do you know the four energy quadrants? No. Right. So uh, besides four-hour work week, this, uh, it's called the power of full engagement. It's about the, how the secret to uh, high performance is energy management more than time management. You got spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical energy. And so you have exertion, renewal, exertion, renewal, exertion, renewal. And, and especially like when you go through burst of, of exertion, then you might need a little more energy renewal and patterns. And so, and then foods, the foods you eat, the way you breathe, the way you think, the way, you know, uh, like for me, it's like my idea rhythm is one day off, one full day off a week at least, and one weekend off a month, one week uh, a, every quarter outside of uh, the country at least. And then ideally now once, once a year, uh, we go to one of the world's 50 great cities and live there for at least 30 days. You know, we're in Barcelona for five weeks and Europe total for seven weeks this summer. And it feels great. Yeah, I bet it does feel great. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. It, what is a mastermind? I, I think that's kind of, it's a newish term, right? Or not really? Is it just becoming popular all of a sudden? It's, it, it's becoming popular and a lot of people are abusing it too. Like, all right, so if it's not really a mastermind if it's just this online, like Dean Graziosi is kind of, I mean, I, I like Dean, great, great dude, great content. 
for example, what he's doing with the $7 mastermind thing that they were, that's not a mastermind guys. That's just not, um, it's a phenomenal group coaching program and it's well worth the $7. But, uh, a mastermind originally, the coin came from this guy, Napoleon Hill. Have you read Think and Grow Rich? I have. All right, cool. Yeah, I figured. All right. So, uh, story behind it, Napoleon Hill commissioned by Andrew Carnegie, who's one of the world's wealthiest people at the time. Andrew's like, man, I got to leave a legacy because he was focused on that in that life stage. And he says, Napoleon, Napoleon was like 19 or 20. He's like, Napoleon, if I open up my Rolodex to you and introduce you to 500 of the world's most successful people, will you share those secrets? But you got to work on it for 20 years. Would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing to pass on that knowledge? Because I want to help the ordinary man become as successful as he can be. Napoleon said, yep, I'll do it. When he finds out there's 13 traits, and one of them is this power of the mastermind. The mastermind is where it's, it's truthfully like this collective energy, this mastermind emerges that is above the minds of an individual. But it's this collective mindset and energy. Like I see it at my weekend retreats. I have one coming up next month. And people come out of it and seeing the world of possibilities, seeing the world of opportunities, their energy, their um, belief has shifted. And they start saying, yes, I can make those shifts. Yes, I can do this. Or I didn't even know I was capable of it. But it's where two or more people are gathered together intentionally to help grow one another. And I believe it's the single greatest uh, contributor to success. Like it, one of my fundamental rules that I asked my mastermind members this year in January is like, guys, what would you have to do? How would you have to design your life so that success for whatever you determine it to be for you, however you define it, what would you need to do for success to be inevitable for you where it's just automatic? It's just going to happen. It's like I think about it, hey, if a ship in a harbor, if if the water rises, the ship doesn't have to strain. The tide's lifting it, lifting it, lifting it automatically. So um, I think for us, if we surround ourselves with people that are successful financially, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, health-wise, eventually you're you're just going to rise. Because you're a product of your environment. So it's like the single best decision any highly motivated achiever can ever do is create one, be in one, do both. Ideally, even I love leading, but I'm also in them. So I, I it, you just grow uh, disproportionately. So that's awesome. I, I do need to find or start a mastermind. I've never been a part of one. I'd really like to. And yeah, that's something I need to do in the near future. I'm going to say you need to do both, okay. Bobby. If if you want, tell me, what, what's Bobby Mason's, what, what's your mission? What What's your, I want to know that. I'm, Legitimately, I'm it's the same mission as our GoMahi.com mission. And it is okay. to educate people through real world experiences. Because I do not believe any human being can learn about what they need to do until they experience it on their own. They fail on their own because, you know, like you as an entrepreneur, you know, you can say you've done $300 million in sales and you failed this way, that way, and this way and say it to any person that's never started a business and they will hear you say you failed over and over. 
but they will never take that to heart because as beings, we're positive thinkers. And I think that's something as an entrepreneur or someone that wants to grow to an extreme level in their careers, we're positive thinkers. Like Mm -hmm. you need to have an extreme amount of positivity to push yourself to that next level. And when you have that extreme amount of positivity, you hear failure but you don't actually hear it. Like you don't comprehend the idea that you will fail someday. And Mm -hmm. until you actually do it, until you actually experience that real world life, you know, you will never learn those lessons. It doesn't matter how many people I mentor saying, hey, you're going to spend too much money here. You're going to fail there. You're not going to listen to your customers here. It just, they won't understand until they do it once. Exactly. And then the beautiful thing is when you get yourself surrounded by your tribe, you know, our lives become product like the five people we spend the most time with. And you look at guys like Henry Ford. Up until he was 40, he was a failed entrepreneur, failed invention, failed invention after another, one after another. Then he meets Thomas Edison. Then his friend circle changes. Then he's part of this higher level group of industrial titans. And then he figures out the assembly line and the Model T. And he crushes it and becomes one of the world's wealthiest men because he, sh- he had this mastermind type feeling, this tribe around him. So I think, Bobby, dude, based on what I know about you, you, you need to, you can start <laughs> one sooner rather than later, and then you need to join one. So, so <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I will have to look into that. I have said it in the past, and I guess maybe this is just the push I need. Um, before we hop into the quick fire questions that we ask all of our guests, I have two more questions for you. And yeah. I think this is a good transition here because you were just bringing up the people you surround yourself with. And I was looking at your Rising Stars Mastermind page, and we'll put it in the show notes and anything else that you want us to throw in there. I saw in there one of the questions you ask is Are you feeling lost? And do you feel that you lack that support? And, you know, I think about, I mean, I'm only a couple of years removed from college. And I think about how few people are actually doing what they want to do in their life. And I think a lot of it has to do with the people that surround them. So, you know, for all those people that feel lost or they're just starting their career and they want to jump into one thing, but they're not doing it because they're worried about what their family or friends or whoever might think of them, you know. What advice do you give to them? What should they do if they're confused or conflicted on which direction they should go? Mm -hmm. Great question. And that's so common. I'm sure that's common for a lot of your listeners as well. Man, you've, you've got one life to live and you've only got today. You've only got tomorrow. You've only got, you don't get to redo today. You don't get to redo tomorrow. And it's crazy how many people that feel lost or feel confused, how little time they've actually spent reflecting and studying and, and test, testing themselves. Like I encourage men, if you're in your early 20s, dude, we mentioned those personality tests, study all of them and then study them again. Like I, I teach this stuff, I review it. And you know what, I, I read my wealth dynamics test uh, results about every six months to a year. That's 40 pages. I'm reviewing it because I, I learned that next little layer, that next little layer, that next little layer. You know, I've spent over, I've gotten my master's degree, but I've spent 
over $500,000 in my own education after grad school. I've read a thousand plus books because I'm adding layer after layer and I'm being intentional about it. You, you're responsible for you. A lot of, I feel like a lot of people don't take ownership of it, but man, if you get that much clarity and you're married, right? So like even in the marriage life, if like, man, my wife and I have much better awareness around each other. We know, we know each other's personality test uh, and we create fun, flirty, playful games around it when I'm being an ass because I can be an ass sometimes because I'm like unempathetic about certain things. And then she's so feeling oriented. She just wants to love and support everybody. And so I can tease her about that. Um, but I know how to communicate much better to her. She knows how to communicate better to me. We even know like there's another, there's a personality test for your sexual energy types. We know that. So thanks to my friend Jaya, who's one of the top sexologists on the in the world, she I learned from her. It's like so, like there's the world leaves clues if you're willing to look for the clues, and there's clues for you to discover who you're created to be, what would bring you incredible joy, and where you can serve the world deepest. You gotta you gotta be willing to be really intense. Like people will spend hours watching Netflix every week. But how many of them will spend a book reading and or, or journaling on their life purpose? Not many, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, if you're in, if you're confused about your life purpose, take five. You know, read some books on it. Do the personality test, and take some people out to lunch and ask them. Based on what you know about yourself and your strengths and weaknesses, where where you could go, where you sh- uh, you know, hop on the phone with people you, that know, like, and care about you, and seek their wisdom, but give them some clues on you know people have a limited understanding of who people are, but trust your intuition as well. For it's, sure, it's a thing. yeah, definitely. You've read a thousand plus books. What should people be reading? Oh, dude. I mean, it all depends on where you want to go, right? Like if you're my wife's a poet and a composer and a creative writer, she needs to read different books than I do. <laughs> what are your favorites? So, all right. So I got one right here. Uh, Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. Uh, phenomenal about building an expert platform. Um, let's see what else. I'll send you a link on it. Have you read that yet? I have not. I should. Dude, I'll, I'll send you a link. You can get it for free, free plus shipping type offer. Um, but dude, is phenomenal. War of Art is unbelievable about overcoming resistance. Have you read it? Yeah. Ah, oh, dude, great, awesome. Four Hour Work Week is unbelievable. Um, I'm gonna have a book called. I think it's gonna be called Thirty Three Keys to Mastering the Game of Business and Life. So uh, that will be coming out. And then Power of Full Engagement. Man, you got it. It's like making, so here, here's something that's, uh, do you start your day off with a good morning routine? I try to, yes. Uh, okay. I do mess right. up rarely, but I do mess up sometimes. I will admit that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I get that. No worries at all. Can I, can I also give your listeners and yourself a little word to avoid? Sure. A word pattern, all right? Because every time we speak something, we're actually commanding it as well. So when you say, I try, for example, 
or and people use this all the time like I'll try and do that I'll try you know or I would love to I hope to um someday I I even used it earlier today right so um catch yourself using weak ass words weak ass that's a weak ass word and you're actually commanding yourself to be a weak ass <laughs> in essence use powerful decisive language is it literally affects you're, you're, you're commanding your body, you're commanding your mind to feel and think and act a certain way. Um, what it, yeah, so I, get, I can't remember where we were going before that, but reading, oh, starting your day off instead of giving over autonomy, like when I, most of us pick up our phones first thing, and it's a, one of the hardest habits to break. Oh, who, insta- who tagged me on Instagram? Who Facebooked me? Did I get any emails? What about text? I have just given over my autonomy of being a self-directed human being to someone else when I when I open my phone and I start off in a reactive mode. So that's why, like my first thirty minutes or first hour and a half, ideally, and I'm I'm feeding myself in the direction I want to go, like sharpening my skill set, meditating, doing breathing exercises, doing a little bit of exercise, getting some green tea. Other things that fuel me, so I'm I'm starting my day off connected to who I am, not connected to who someone else wants me to be, or what someone else needs from me. Yeah, and I will definitely say something that has something that's changed my productivity is going the first two hours every morning without picking up my phone. Way to go, bro! That's awesome. That is, that's a game changer. And I didn't know if I'd be able to do it because I was like, you know, people are going to send me emails. This is usually a time I catch up before everyone gets to work. But no, it makes you way more productive and you get your one big thing done before you kind of start your day. And that's why, why you're where you're at at 25 and why you keep stacking that and adding, you know, higher level relationships and you know continue to grow and master man where are you going to be when you're 30 it's gonna be the same we're gonna be looking at bobby and we're gonna be like freaking hey what happened to bobby you're right the lingo i need to use you know mike i'm going to be a sent a millionaire by 30 i am exactly yeah and you know just, just like not- you said you know at the beginning you're like you know i will sell a billion dollar company someday or i will run one like that's you have the confidence that you will do it. And I think it's important for people to have that confidence because if you're at least striving for that greatness and mentally you have this idea of you're, you're going to get there someday, the worst thing that can happen is you come up a little bit short and mm. you're, gonna get a whole, you're gonna go a whole lot further than you would have mm. ever imagined if you had those smaller dreams. You know, I don't, I'm not trying to keep you on this video call for all that long, but my wife and I, we were sitting in the car and this thing in Minnesota, we have something called the artisan home tour. So these are all custom homes, like three to $10 million homes. And we're just looking through it because, you know, we're like, in my mind, I'm like, we got to figure out what our house is going to look like someday. And $3 million house, it's not about how big your house is or how much money you have, but Based on functionality, I was like, we need to figure out how to design a very nice house that's very functional. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we sit down in the car and we travel all the time and we talk about, like, where is our next house going to be, blah, 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 where are we going to have them? 
And she sits there and she looks at me randomly and she goes, all of that stuff would be nice someday. Like, mm. I, it'd be cool if it happened. And I look at her like, what do you mean if? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, it, she's like, no, it'd be cool. Like, I always think about it like, that's a cool dream. I was like, I'm not talking about any dream. Like, this mm. is just reality. Cool. This is what we got to do. And that mindset, just like your mindset, I think that will change or that changes people's lives when they Mm -hmm. have that confidence. I'm not saying you have to go be a jerk about it and you don't have to be boastful, but there's a way that you can trick your mind or enhance your ability through your, your frame of mind, just like you were saying. Yeah. So I've had you on here for quite a while now, so we better get into the quick fire questions quick. And uh, that was redundant. Quick fire questions quick. <laughs> we have a, a random question that our audience asks our guest every week. So a random question for you is how can someone become inexpendable at their job? Find your $10,000 an hour activity or your $1,000 an hour activity within your job and help your boss see what it is and see how valuable that is and let and and you got to own it it's like own your greatness at that specific role or activity um you know humility is not thinking less of ourselves it's thinking of ourselves less and so using your gifts and service but find that area or that activity where you add just so much value that you're indispensable. A lot of people don't know what it is. And I think it's, it's, you know, if you think about if you had to, you'd ask yourself a series of questions, what, you know, if I had to eliminate three things from my work, what would they be? Boom, boom. And you just keep asking yourself that until you're down to like one or two things that you do that your company really, and then see if that's the most important check with your boss and see, Hey, is this truly what is most important for me to be doing? And I, I like must- that a lot. Good. <laughs> I like that a lot. I should really sit down and do that because I think there's a lot of tasks that I do that I probably shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. Like mowing the lawn. No, you, you don't need to be doing that, bro. <laughs> what are you doing? Hey, but I actually like mowing the lawn, so that's a bad example. <laughs> I understand, I understand. Yeah. Okay, our second question is, what skills does a young professional need to have straight out of college? Uh, skill of resourcefulness, not of limitation. You know, a boss or or if you're on your own as an entrepreneur, and, you know, the very root word of entrepreneurship is one who takes something of lower value and converts it into a higher value. So. Um, that is, you know, that's a great skill within the workplace, but also on your own if you're an entrepreneur. So, um, finding ways to get things done and, and not focusing on limitations. And then I'd say, so that's one second would be sales skills. You learn sales skills. You can always do well. Like you figure out the, the game of sales. You'll always make six figures if you're in a halfway decent industry and multiple six figures is pretty attainable. Seven figures isn't far off either. Um, but then the third third realm is, is marketing. In today's world, man, you become a great copywriter. I mean, there's like 22 different areas, especially in marketing. But 
uh, figuring out a really great area that you can just kick ass in uh, in the marketing game. But if you're not meant to be a marketer, don't be a marketer. You know, it's figure out where you are a badass that adds real value to the world. You know, if the world doesn't value your quilt making ability, then you might be the best quilt maker in all of South Florida, but no one wants a quilt. So, like, figure out another thing that the world wants and cares about and is willing to pay for. Sales, really quick. What are a couple things our audience could do to develop the ability to sell? Mm. All right. So... First thing is you really got to have that unshakable belief and develop the belief in you or your product. Um, and if you lack it, then it's, it, has to, it often has to come from someone else, whether another book, another mentor, another tribe member. You know, it's like last year I had my buddy Chris Harder. He said to me, Mike, I confess my elements of money shame. And, and he's like, Mike, you know, I, my goal was like to do three and a half million or something. And he said, Mike, Lori and I look at you like you're a 15 million a year guy. So he like shifted my ceiling for what I could make in terms of my own income. Right. And so that shift in my identity, um, back to where it really belonged because he gave that to me. And then I spoke into his life and I said, Chris, You've got this ability to like get equity in a lot of great companies that you promote and use your brand leverage and your knowledge. And now he has like equity in four or five different companies and business partners with Rob Drydeck and this guy and that guy. And um, because I spoke belief into him. And so if you can't get close to those people, like, you know, when I go through a sales rut, I'll listen to Grant Cardone, sell or be sold because he just has so much like sales confidence but it shifts me deeper into that. So, um, but then closing, referral generation, um, and just really the number one skill though is probably doing incredible interviews. Like where I go so deep, like when I do my mastermind applications um, and I'm connecting with entrepreneurs, I'm like going so deep so that I really understand where they want to go. And then it doesn't feel, I'm not high pressure them. I'm like saying, all right, if, if I can help you get all those things, which I think I can, then let's do it. You know, it's selling at its highest level of serving. Um, and you can sell with such great integrity when you have such a servant spirit and you're offering a solution to their pain problem. For sure. Dang, I could, I could legitimately talk to you all day. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the third quick fire question. What do you believe needs to be sacrificed for success? your excuses and justifications for why you can't do it or why someone else is more entitled or your fears um, and your own selfishness. I think sometimes we hold back because of fear, selfishness, excuses. Um, but I don't think you need to sacrifice. Like part of my model is when a business, when at life, you don't have to sacrifice a great marriage great health, um, all those things can enhance your business and your success. So spiritual game, you don't have to sacrifice that. I think you have, you might want to sacrifice sleeping in 
Um, and, and it's okay to sacrifice, you know, watching a few fewer movies and TV shows and like reading a book every week. You know, I'm, I, my goal is to read a book a week. I've pretty much been doing that since I was 20. Um, um, I think I average about 45 a year, 45 to 50. So I'm not quite at a book a week in most years, but I'm really darn close. And man, it stacks compound effect. Another fantastic answer. A plus. Last <laughs> last quick fire. Last, yes. <laughs> last quick fire and we'll wrap this thing up. What is one life hack a student of business can apply to their life this week? Hmm. Um I love, you know, you go air go airplane mode and go airplane mode frequently. You know, I go airplane mode a lot during the day. Um right now I'm in Europe uh, for seven weeks. Man, I start my day off. Part of the reason I structured it. So, like, you know, it's almost three o'clock here now. I usually don't have phone calls and conversations until like later in the day and have a four hour block. Like, I got, you know, a whole eight hours of waking time to do creative work when I'm back in the States. My phone stays in airplane mode until I'm done. And then when I'm in a lunch meeting, like be present, you know, what people, you know, what our woman wants from us is our presence, what our team needs from us is our presence, what our business partners, our clients, you put the spotlight on them when you are with them, they can feel your presence. And that's a magnificent gift. And you can't give them your presence. If you're back and forth on your phone, you, you look at a dinner table, one person pulls out their phone. Within a minute, everyone else is reaching for their phone. And it's like we're all like guppies or something. We're just, <laughs> we're just swarming around fish food. Um, and it's, it's ridiculous. But it's, it's true. Like give people your presence and create space. That's what I love about retreats and mastermind retreats. Or heck, I have one of our favorite couples is flying in to uh, hang with us in Barcelona this weekend. And we're going to be present to each other. It's it's going to be an amazing weekend. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so I think that is a good place to wrap up. But I guess I should have asked this already off of the the life hack. What is a reasonable thing for someone to do this week? How how long should they put it on airplane mode? Where should they start? Till it feels uncomfortable. So if you're if it's hard for you and you're super addicted to your phone and you're the ultimate human yo-yo then where your phone is is controlling you by the by the you know what then um then start with 15 minutes if you're already pretty good at it push it an extra 30 minutes you won't miss much and and use that extra 30 minutes wisely now don't use it to watch ESPN use it to do something great you know, to read something, to learn something, to have connection time with your spouse or your kids or a workout or whatever it may be. So I love it. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. We better uh, stay connected in the future because it sounds like you could provide some value to my life. I want to tap that, you know. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Let's do it. So I really appreciate it. And, um, we will let you know as soon as this thing is ready to go, as soon as our producers put it together and make it sound somewhat pretty. 
<laughs> Sounds great. Honor being on the show. Thanks for having me, Bobby. Great connecting, as always. Can't wait to connect again soon. Sweet. Have a very fun time in Barcelona. We will. Yeah. Yep. And have fun with your friends this weekend. <laughs> awesome. I will. Thanks again for listening to Master the Start, presented by GoMahi.com and hosted by Bobby Mason. A few quick points to ponder. Weak-ass words make a weak-ass will. Tie powerful, decisive language to your thoughts and actions, and your physical and mental state will reflect the change. Find your $1,000-a-day activity at work and communicate this to your employer. Own your areas of expertise and believe in your product. When you connect deeply with your clients and come from a place of service, the pressure of the sale drops away. And this week's life hack is go on airplane mode. All that time on social media puts you in a reactive place, stealing your autonomy. Instead, block out time to be proactive with your work and life goals. I bet you could do a whole half hour, right?